Shauna, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today. I'm looking forward to hearing all about your AmeriCorps service service story. I'm very excited to to talk to you about it. Yeah, and and um, we kind of chatted before, and I'm really excited to to talk with you because I think that you bring a really interesting perspective on your time in City Year because you maybe not you didn't have necessarily the most ideal experience as a core member. Um, can you kind of talk a little bit about what your what your year or your at least your first year with City Year was like? My first year with City Year was um, 2006, 2007, so quite some time ago. Um, I'm showing my age a little bit here, but um, <laughs> so I I started as a as a core member on a team that primarily worked with um, middle schoolers in an after school program. Um, and the idea was that we would run, essentially run the after school program. Um, unfortunately, because of some issues with the service partner and some issues with the school, we weren't really able um, to do the work that um, City Year had intended us to do. So um, we spent a lot of time doing a lot of administrative work for the after school program, which is not really the ideal when you're coming into city year because most of us that year were, you know, wanting to be teachers and trying to figure that out and um, really wanting to work one-on-one with, with kids. And unfortunately um, my team just wasn't able to do that. Um, But yeah, that, I think that was like the biggest reason why um, we, we had issues with, with, um, that year. Yeah. It makes it tough when you kind of go in thinking that this is going to be the work that you end up doing. And then because of reasons out of your control, um, things don't, don't end up playing, playing out that way. Yeah, it was, um, it was unfortunate, (laughs) but, um, I think what was really great about, um, working in that school and working with the, the service partners that we did work with on a daily basis, they were very good about um, making sure that we did have an opportunity to at least do something in the after school program. So, um, you know, they would occasionally let us uh, run our own like mini programs and um, they gave us an opportunity to have um, a book reading event um, that unfortunately only one kid came to, but that that's okay. Um, but, uh, it was, it was a good experience either way. It it just, you know, it just was unfortunate that we weren't able to like be with kids all the time. Right. Well, what made you decide to do city year to begin with? Where were you at in your life that, that made you want to, to take that year and, and serve? So I, um, graduated from college in 2005 and due to some, issues that I caused, um, like being on academic probation and suspension and things. Um, I spent the majority of my last year and a half in college trying to catch up to my graduating class so that I could graduate on time. Um, and when you're concentrating on making sure you get all your credits so you can graduate, you're not looking for a job, right? Like you're, you're you're like, I'm going to go get this degree that I paid $25,000 for. Um, so I, at one point just had an epiphany, um, 
during my time uh, back at school in, in um, like, I think, I think it was um, fall of 2005. I just kind of walked into my um, career services office and I was like, I, I got to get a job. I can't stay here anymore. I don't really know like what I'm going to do with my life, but I'm going to do something. And um, I found a Teach for America brochure. And I was like, oh, okay, I like kids. And people tell me I should be a teacher because I would be good at it. Um, So why not, right? And so I applied um, for Teach for America. And at the time on the little Teach for America brochure, there's this little tiny checkbox on the back (laughs) that says, um, check here if interested in in hearing from different AmeriCorps programs. And so I checked off the little box. And I was contacted directly by um, Youth Ventures in New Hampshire and uh, City Year in Providence, Rhode Island. And so I decided to go with City Year just because they were also offering um, more leadership opportunities and more um, professional development opportunities that I really wanted. Um, So that's how I ended up in Rhode Island. And I have been here ever since. Yeah, so you're not originally from Rhode Island then? No, I'm originally from Virginia. Oh, so City Year took you took you to the great Northeast. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's great too because when you when you when you come from an area outside of the Northeast, right? Like when you tell people, "Oh, I'm going to move to Rhode Island," they're like, "Oh, you mean Boston?" <laughs> and it's like, no, no, they're they're two separate things. Yeah, there's there's more than just Boston. <laughs> So, and you've been out there ever since. I guess what was, what was it about that area that made you want to want to stick around? Well, I did not want to go back home to Virginia. Um, I, I would say the biggest reason is because um, there there were not the job prospects that I wanted in Virginia. So it was like you either go into the military or you work a retail job or, you know, some kind of service industry job. And I didn't want that. It's like, well, I, I have a, I have a bachelor's degree. And if I wanted to serve some burgers, I could just had my high school diploma and that would have been fine. Um, and plus I, I really enjoyed, um, volunteering. I did a lot of volunteer work when I was in high school. Um, and so I want, I wanted something where I could feel like I was making a difference um, as opposed to serving someone burgers every day. <laughs> um, so it, it felt like um, the area here in the Northeast in general um, was a lot more open to that. And there there were a lot more opportunities to um, grow as, a, I guess we could say, a professional volunteer. <laughs> um, and, the um, life of an AmeriCorps alum. Exactly. Um, and just more opportunities to give back uh, to the community. So that's really why I stayed. Sure. And I guess what was what was the school like and the community like when you were you're a core member? Because I know you did two years as a core member with City Air, am I right? Mm-hmm. I did. Um, so there I have never had a bigger culture shock in my life. I, I, um, the school that I served at was directly across from a housing project. 
um, literally like you, you could throw a rock from the, the lawn of the school and it would hit the housing project and you could hear it. Right. Um, the, um, the area is predominantly Hispanic. So you're dealing with a population of people that their primary language is Spanish, right? And being that I, I don't speak, well, I, I speak it a little bit better now, but at the time, like beyond hello, goodbye, how are you? Nothing. Like, like could not um, communicate with the community, which was really frustrating. Um, and it, it was uh, interesting because it was also like, not only did I have to get to learn um, about the school that I was in and the community that the surrounded the school, but I also like had to learn about Rhode Island myself, right? Like how to even get around um, was certainly a challenge when I first got here. Um, but I mean, it, it didn't take very long. Um, you know, the ki- kids obviously help with that. Um <laughs> just, just making you feel more comfortable. Um, and then letting you know, like what certain words mean that they use, (laughs) um, good and bad. (laughs) Um, so it, I mean, it was definitely a culture shock, but I, I, I think I'm better for it. Um, and then I, I think the only other thing I would say is that the, the school that I first served at, um, when I was in Sears actually, ironically the school that I work at now like as an actual employee <laughs> of an That's organization a cool, full circle thing it is and I I tell that story to my staff every single year and everyone looks at me like I'm crazy they're like oh my god like really you know what the school is like when it was a public school like yes I do I know what do you here. what do you do now at that school so um I work at achievement first which is a um a network of charter schools in New York, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. Um, so obviously I'm at the Rhode Island uh, branch, if you will. And um, I am what is called a director of operations at um, Achievement First Illuminar, which is one of the elementary schools. Um, we're a K through three right now. Next year we will be a K through four. Um, and I could give you a giant list <laughs> of all the things I do. The The short version of it is that um, I essentially do all of the administrative tasks that a principal would do in a, in a uh, traditional public school. Okay. So you kind of just run the show there. I wouldn't say that. I, w- I would not <laughs> say I run the show. And if my principal listened to this, he would also say, no, she does not run. <laughs> The show, it's it's co-pilots. We're co-pilots. That's what he would say. I love that. So so co-piloting the show. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um. So I guess what are, what are the type of so I guess you're not directly dealing with students anymore. You're doing more of the the making sure the building doesn't fall apart kind of stuff. I do that. Yes, I make sure the building doesn't fall apart. <laughs> um, but I mean, I do get to interact with kids pretty frequently, um, which is, I think, the beauty of working at an Achievement First School, and particularly my Achievement First School, is that everyone, all of our staff have relationships with those kids. So it's not it's not like, oh, you're the office staff and you don't deal with kids. It's like we deal with kids pretty frequently, <laughs> like I would say multiple times a day um, for various reasons. 
Um, and I mean, we're a lot of our older scholars um, who are in now third and second grade, they're all of our founding kids. So we're very close with their families as well. Um, so we're definitely, um, even though it is an administrative job, it's a job where you sit at a desk most of your day, um, we're still very much embedded uh, in the school community. That's, that's, I think it's really important to be able to have like that that community, like everyone's there working with, with students and, you know, having familiar faces, being able to say hello. I think that's such a huge thing of building that, that really solid school. And quite frankly, it is by far the best part of my day is to have a conversation with a six, seven or eight year old. It, it will change your life just, just to oh, talk yeah. to children for 10 or 15 minutes. Would you, like looking back, do you ever would you have ever pictured yourself at when you were a city or core member in that school that to be where you're at there now? Like, did you ever think that you'd be working in that same building? How many ever years later? Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Like, quite honestly, I I really figured um, when I started working at City or like that would just be where I ended up, right? Like, I would just be a city or lifer. Right. I would never leave um, because I didn't want to. Like I, I loved I still love <laughs> um, City Year and it's a very integral part of, you know, me becoming a professional. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, I never in my wildest dreams imagined that would be <laughs> I would be right back where I started. It is crazy. Well, what did you end up doing after you were done being a core member to now? Like what, fill, fill me in, fill in the gaps with, with that. Like what was, what was your career path to get you to where you're at now? Yeah. So, um, I did, so I did two years with city year, right. As a, as a core member or as an AmeriCorps member, excuse me. Um, and then I, I was a staff member there for three years. Um, what was that like transitioning from being core member to staff member? Oh, there was a transition that like, what, what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> that, that means we just pay you more now, right? Like you're just, <laughs> you're graduated, uh, core member and other core members can ask you questions and things. Um, it, it was, it was hard. Like it was really difficult to, um, do that because I, um, I had two core members, my first year on staff who were, um, who I served with the year before. And so mm-hmm. like the, the, at the time, right. Like I, I, I know that training has gotten better this year, but at the time, like there was no training really on how to handle that. Like, like how do you, how do you manage someone that you served with, right. That you may have had a, a different relationship with the year before, and then you need to develop a different relationship with them mm-hmm. now that you are their manager. Um, it, it was very difficult. Um, and it, it was, it made a difficult year. Um, and unfortunately there were, there were a lot of, a lot of arguments, <laughs> uh, amongst me and my, um, team members because of that, um, pre-existing relationship, Um, Mm -hmm. but other than that, in terms of transition, I would say 
the the only transition there was was um, when they changed my cell phone from a core member's cell phone to a staff cell phone, and and they had this little like ceremony for me. It was funny. They called me in after we graduated uh, from the core that year to like come in to sign some paperwork or something, and um, they brought me into the back of the office, and they they were like playing this like. Beautiful music from YouTube, and like they had the they had the BlackBerry box at the, and they were just like, okay, so now we will take your core member cell phone, and we will give you this wonderful BlackBerry. I'm just like, okay, this is a little much, but that's fine. That's fine. No worries. I mean, for all the people out there that kind of see City from the outside with all the power greetings and the jackets and the boots and everything, there's already this vibe that it gives that it's a bit of a cult. And I think that that just oh, might yeah. be even more cultish than all those other things. Yeah, it was very cultish. And like they were all, <laughs> I mean, the only thing that didn't happen was like everyone being like an all black Right. Like, like it was a room <laughs> full of just other staff members. There's no candles. Um, there were no candles. No, it was just music from YouTube. Um, but it was, it was cute. It was funny. Um, and it was, it really was their way of like welcoming me onto the staff team, which was great. Um, but that, that was the only transition thing that happened um, within city year. Yeah, I, I kind of want to go back about the kind of the difficulty of going from being a, like a staff member or going from being a core member and then to a staff member while there's still folks that are core members with you the year before. Because I think cool. that's a really common experience of people kind of being pushed in those leadership roles that, you know, relationships need to change. Is there what type of advice do you have for folks kind of going through that experience? Um, I would honestly say like if it's a... Uh if it's a team setting, right. Um, what I would say is like advocate as hard as you can to not have those people on your team. Um, I, I think that is by far the, the quickest and easiest way to do it. Um, and then if you can't, which was my situation, I did advocate for those people to not be on my team, but unfortunately they ended up on my teams. Um, I, I think what, what would probably help that is like, once you know, that that one person or however many people it is, is going to be on your team, um, have, have real conversation with whoever it is and say, listen, our relationship has got to change. Um, and here's why. Right. Um, because I think if, if, if you don't do that, which is what I did not do, it, it, the line becomes very blurred. Um, and then it, it just makes it hard, like it makes it harder to go back and try to reestablish that whole like manager employee relationship if you didn't do it from the very beginning, um, which is where I was at. Yeah, and I, that's such an important line to draw when when that comes up, because I've I personally have not been in that experience, but I know a lot of my friends have been pushed on that into that experience and have seen like the spectrum of really good success and kind of utter failure. So I think it's good to like kind of be able to get that out there. Like what makes, what makes transitioning into being a staff member for after being a core member. So, so tricky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so then 
you were at City Year for a while. Then, then what was next? Is there anything other, um, any other important touchstones and uh, touchstones in your career that kind of got you to where you're at now? Yeah. So I, um, after leaving City Year, I worked for an organization, a small nonprofit in Rhode Island called Leadership Rhode Island. Um, and basically like, I, I like to call it like city or for adults because it's kind of, that's kind of what it is. <laughs> um, so they recruit from all over the state, all of these different, um, business peoples from diff- different, um, sectors. Um, and they do, they do monthly sessions, I believe it is. Um, they have monthly sessions where they learn about, um, different pieces of the Rhode Island community. Um, and they're put into teams and they have to come up with, uh, like a capstone project, um, that is going to better the state. Um, and so I worked as like an alumni relations kind of person slash development, which is hilarious because I hate raising money. Um, (laughs) But essentially what it was, was like, I had to call the alumni and say, Hey, your dues are due. Um, would you like to pay those? And then like, also I did some, um, event planning, um, and planned, uh, two, two fundraisers. I think it was two fundraisers, um, for them as well. And I was only there for a little under a year. Um, and after I left there, I went to work for um, the Alumni Relations and Development Office at Wheelock College um, in Boston. Um, And I was there for three years. Yeah, you kind of popped all around the the little tiny area of the Northeast for a while there. Um, I kind of of wish that I, there was more city year for adult opportunities. That sounds like so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, and you know what? They love it. They, they absolutely love that program and it, it's it's actually fun. it's hard to not to uh not find someone who's been through that program but of course like Rhode Island's also very tiny so there there's like uh you know a 0.5 degree separation between any two people right so um yeah you know everyone knows everyone and so like that's how the program continues to grow every year is through word of mouth um, from, you know, different people who've been through it already. Um, So like alumni do a vast majority of the recruiting for that program, which is kind of amazing. Um, And then they've gotten some pretty prominent um, politicians that have gone through that program. Um, State politicians, obviously. Um, and different, um, different heads of companies and things. It's, it is really awesome. Um, and, and it's just unfortunate that they can't take more people each year because about 40 to 50 people that are in each class each year. Yeah. It sounds like it's a great way of bringing people together that have like that civic minded, I don't know what to even say. They're very civically minded, and put them all together in the mm-hmm. same room and kind of be able to address problems in a more systemic way than maybe say a core member year can do. And speaking of a core member year, we haven't even talked about your second year with city year. Um, what made you decide to come back and, and do a year two? Um, so I kind of felt like 
during my first year, like I, I hate to put it this way, but I, I kind of felt like I had been robbed a little bit of my opportunity to do what I really wanted. Um, Mm -hmm. and because my first year I spent either like doing administrative tasks for the after school program or, um, what I would term like, not a nice way to say this, but like babysitting my core members. Right. So it was like actually making sure that they came into work tracking when they left. Um, and that's not really a fun way to spend your time when you just want to serve kids. Right. So, um, I applied for a second year. Um, I almost didn't get it. Um, but I ended up serving on um, what's called the, or what was called the Young Heroes Team, which basically is like, um, it's a set, it was a Saturday program where we took middle schoolers from, you know, the different um, public schools. And we would teach them about a community issue in the morning on a Saturday. And then in the afternoon, we would do service, right, Um, towards whatever Mm -hmm. thing we taught them about earlier that day. And so I really love that program. It was awesome. Unfortunately, (laughs) I ended up with yet another team that had difficulties as well, right? So, like, I, I got both everything that I wanted and everything that I did not, um, the second year. Um, but the, even though, even though like my first year was extremely difficult, my second year was no picnic. Right. I, I, I honestly have to thank city for that because I don't think I would be able to handle like a building maintenance issue in my current position, um, without having been through all of the headache of, of dealing with like core members who don't want to come to work or, um, you know, having to solve a, a domestic dispute with, with a core member and her boyfriend, You, you know what I mean? Like there, there are so many transferable skills there, um, that I've just been able to kind of like take with me, um, from city year and up to now. Yeah. You have those moments that when you're in a job interview, you can just be like, Oh, well, which story do you want me to tell you about a time that I dealt with conflict? Oh my gosh. Oh <laughs> my gosh. So many, so many stories that I often have to be like, okay, let me edit this. <laughs> right. Let me, let me say this in a way that's not going to look bad for any one person in this situation. <laughs> Because yes, I have many of those stories. Or even how do I word this in a way that someone who's not familiar with, you know, being a core member can actually think is realistic. Right, right, exactly. And and I think it's so interesting, too, because you're when you work with 17 to 24 year olds, right, like like the pure irony is that, you know, you're still technically an adolescent at 24 years old. Right. And and I feel like working with that age group, there's a whole other list of challenges beyond like, you know, come to work on time, wear your uniform, serve children like there, there's a whole other uh, like, let me just teach you about life <laughs> side of that. That like I feel like is overlooked sometimes in in AmeriCorps, and obviously not people who've been through it, but like when you're 
like when my recruitment um, teams would recruit for for city year, it's like that is a piece that you need to talk about. Right. Like how do you manage life as an adult is a real skill that you can learn. Absolutely. Um, and you do learn it quickly. <laughs> yeah. You don't have a choice. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that, I'm glad that you were able to like realize that. I think that not many people have that perspective of being able to say like, Hey, my, my core member years could have been better, but I learned so much from it and we're able to, you know, you're able to take those experiences and really be able to, to make the best out of it. I think that like, that's why I was so excited to talk to you because that you have that great, great perspective of being able to say like, yeah, this kind of wasn't the best, but you, you know, you wouldn't trade it for anything else. Um, anything else that we didn't get a chance to chat about that you want to make sure that we, that we cover? Um, not unless, not unless you want to hear my food stamp story. Oh, let's, let's end on that. Yeah. Okay. Let's, I would love to hear that okay. <laughs> again. Okay. <laughs> I think one of, one of the, it's not really a highlight, but it is something I, I think I will never forget. Um, being a, a core member is, um, having to go through that food stamp process, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, eating is important. Um, and I remember like my very first, one of my very first experiences here in Rhode Island was going to Whole Foods. I had never been to a Whole Foods before in my life. Um, and I remember like taking the little, the little EBT card, I called it my gold card cause it was gold. Um, cause you know, I wanted to feel like I was important. <laughs> um, so I, I took, I, I went into, um, Whole Foods thinking like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'll get cold food because we had been told by core members in the year that served the year prior to us that if you buy cold food, like cold deli food, you can pay for it with your food stamps. Right. And so we're like, oh, okay, we'll go, we'll try it. I find out that Whole Foods has sushi and I am a sushi fiend, right? Like love the stuff. Can't get enough of it. And I have my, you know, my little two containers of sushi, right? I get up to the line and I'm really excited, right? And um, I get to a little point of sale machine, right? And I swipe the the UBT card as if it were a debit card, right? Because that's what they told me to do. And then the guy, the cashier looks at me and he kind of hears the computer beep. And then he looks back and he's like, is that an EBT card? And I was like, yeah. And he kind of rolled his eyes and then he gets on the, on the mic and says <laughs> over the intercom, over the entire Whole Foods, EBT online, whatever. And then all the people behind me were like, like everyone rolling their eyes, just had this look on their faces. Like, why are you, why are you in our store? Right. To which I'm just kind of like, I'm serving your children. Why are you looking at me like this? I just want some sushi. Right. Um, yeah, that, that experience, like I've, I've been to Whole Foods since, right. It is not like it, it has not, uh, 
made my experience on Whole Foods any worse, but it was just like that moment of like sheer, like, oh God, oh, oh my God. And in like one of my, for what, third week in Rhode Island that happened, it, it was just crazy. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story and taking the time to chat today. Sean, I really appreciate you, you sharing all of your fun, goofy, weird stories and <laughs> the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly good, though. I don't want anyone to think that, like, my City Route experience was so terrible. It, it was, like I said, like, looking back on it, um, I can't, I couldn't do anything that I do now with, without having been through it. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think that you would have reached out to me about the, a, a podcast about AmeriCorps if you didn't, you know, have a good experience with it. Right. Exactly. Well, like I said, thanks for taking the time to chat today. I really appreciate it. Um, and, and thanks for sharing your story. Well, thank you for listening. Um, and I appreciate the opportunity to share.